On February 2nd, I sat down with Phil Elvram of the Microphones in Mount Erie. For over 20 years, Phil has been one of the leading voices of independent music, releasing over 15 albums across the legendary K Records label and his own label, P.W. Elvram & Son. He first gained national acclaim for 2001's The Glow Part II, which was named Pitchfork's Album of the Year, and has reasserted himself as one of America's most important songwriters with 2017's A Crow Looked at Me and 2018's Now Only. I sat down to talk with him about the recent protests of Spotify, music streaming, and the way it has affected independent musicians over the last two decades. Have a listen. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, I wanted to ask you about uh, some events that happened last week uh, with Neil Young and now uh, Joni Mitchell uh, withdrawing uh -huh. your music from Spotify and regarding the uh -huh. misinformation spread on COVID. And I was wondering if you think that these influential artists checking Spotify on the international stage could sort of open up a wider discussion about the destructive business model of Spotify. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. But I, I wonder how much of that conversation is about the Joe Rogan COVID misinformation and how much of it is about the business model, like the the fact that they don't pay artists fairly. I mean, those are both good reasons, but I haven't been paying close enough attention to know which one it is that people are most hung up on. I, I feel like I read one article in maybe the L.A. Times where they're saying, so you're thinking of ditching Spotify. Um, here's here's a list of alternatives, and it was all just other streaming services that pay almost equally poorly. So it seemed like it was mostly about the the cultural thing rather than the economic thing. Mm -hmm. And so, how has it felt like over the last fifteen years or so to watch streaming become like the most common form of music listening, and when like the whole concept of like free music for everyone presented itself, were there like immediate red flags, or were you like initially dismissive of it? No, it's fine. Uh, I think that it's uh, it makes sense. I think it should exist. I think it's cool to have um, people less tied to like cumbersome physical media if they don't want to be. I personally still like having lots of records, but um, I totally recognize that that's not the only way and not the best way. And in fact, it's a little ridiculous to have all this clunky stuff lying around. So yeah, I get it, but it's just the um, unfairness of the business model that was as it was set up mm -hmm. is just, it's like too late. Like the toothpaste is out of the tube now and it's hard to get it back in. <laughs> yeah. Weird analogy, but yeah, it's hard to go backwards from that. Mm -hmm. Can you sort of like remember the first time where like you realized that the way things were set up was going to be like a major issue for a long time? No. Um, Truly, I, I, uh, I don't pay close enough attention to this thing to be any kind of expert. I, I think the reason why I have said a few things, maybe on like Twitter or other interviews, is because to me it touches on a different like human nature thing that rubs me the wrong way, which is people recognizing something that's like ethically sketchy and then choosing to do the thing that is wrong just because it's more convenient for them mm -hmm. that always bothers me whether it's um the, the spotify or like streaming music thing or um like personal health decisions or yeah it's 
It's just one of those ways that we all lie to each other, lie to ourselves. Um, the way they function is by uh, incentivizing artists to pay more or like do some kind of behind the scenes sketchy stuff to get on optimized playlists. And so it's not actually democratized or totally free and neutral and open. It's still corrupt and yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, when you released your latest album, uh, The Microphones in 2020, a lot of people were Mm -hmm. sort of struck that it was absent from streaming services. And I was wondering sort of like, well, it made like a few people kind of angry about it or like frustrated at least. And so like I was wondering why you uh, chose not to put it on there and also like how it sometimes feels like people think like you're obligated to have all your music on like these streaming services, if you understand. (laughs) The people being angry about it is so funny to me. It's like somebody being angry that I didn't give them this thing I worked on for like two years for free. Like they're not, they're not in a position to be angry about that. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like people being angry that food at the grocery store costs money. It's <laughs> it's it's very short sighted, and that's exactly the problem of like the state of things is we've lived for so long with this assumption of availability and essentially things being free and people not really thinking through the big picture. So, and then they get angry when they are like compelled to think, look at the big picture a little bit. It's, uh, it's silly and, and dark actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason I didn't put it on there was because I, had misgivings about doing that and I wanted to treat this release as an experiment um, just to see you know my back catalog is still up on there and I'm always thinking about what the good alternative is and haven't figured it out yet but it's it's a trap because it's sort of like to artists at my scale do rely on the the money that comes in even though it's a very unfair rate it's um it's not zero so it's um somebody like neil young or Joni mitchell can take an ethical stand and probably they can afford to take the hit because maybe they are well for one thing they're older so they have less years of uncertainty ahead of them they could probably know like i've got enough saved up to get me to the rest of my life but for younger artists younger than me especially they don't know what the future holds, so it's it's a riskier move to take an ethical stand and um, lose that money. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, anyway, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, and so how have you sort of felt having touring come back in these last months and having that, I guess, new income uh, coming after like years of not being able to do it? And sort of how has it felt to be uh, back on the road as well, just in general? Well, I haven't been back on the road really i played a few shows in europe last year but i do have a tour coming up it's still scary um still like i'm still worried about being responsible for some kind of big super spreader but maybe i, sh- I can let that worry go i don't know it's all um adjusting mm-hmm. i don't know it, yeah no it's not yet a financial shift back into the world that we used to have <laughs> 